Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hiddenbrook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. On this week's podcast, we are talking to Jerry Makutis. Jerry is one of our licensed Reiki master teachers in training. She is also a yin yoga teacher from Chicago. She calls herself a crazy cat lady, and she has a really intense interest in astrology. And that's what we wanted to share with you today, is how Reiki goes together with astrology and a little bit along that line. Welcome, Jerry. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so we are speaking together on Yusui Sensei's birthday. August 15th is the birth date of Yusui Sensei. Isn't that cool, Jerry? Yeah, it is. I thought it was really amazing. And so it's nice to honor his day for what he brought us with the light of Reiki into physical form. I love that. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) It's so nice to have you here. Before we begin, I just wanted to let you know what we have coming up for classes. And we do have a Reiki share coming up Wednesday, August 18th. Those are free monthly online Reiki shares. I'd love to have you join us if that speaks to you. In October, I have licensed level one and two and master Reiki classes. Also, ICRT licensed animal Reiki level one and two and master training. And later that month, a licensed Holy Fire Karuna Reiki class. In December, we have some more Reiki training, animal communication, animal Reiki and animal Reiki masters. So if any of those speak to you, I would love to have you join us. Jerry, do you have anything interesting, any training or anything coming up that you'd like to let people know about? Yeah, I have a weekly Reiki share on Monday night that's open to everyone, whether you're Reiki attuned or not. What we've been doing lately has actually been really fun that we just send Reiki to everyone that is there. And if you want to receive, you can just lay back and receive. If you want to give for the entire time, you can. If you want to give and receive, like receive for 10 minutes and lay back and give the rest of the time. And then I also have a weekly meditation on Wednesdays every other week is focused on either the new moon or the full moon and the focus that's around it with the issues that are coming up, the questions that come up because that comes up with each cycle because like the moon follows like a cycle of life being born, experiencing life, and then dying again, and then coming back into being born again. So I focus on that with my weekly Wednesday meditations. That sounds so interesting. Jerry, how do people sign up for your meditations? Do they go to your website or email you? I have my information on my website, but okay. I also have an Eventbrite page where everything is listed. The meditation wiki shares are free, so you just have to sign up 
Excellent. We'll include a link to that in the podcast so that people can get there easily. Thank you. Before we begin, I always like to start with a bit of an invocation. So I'm just going to invite the listeners, everyone listening, to close your eyes, bring your hands together in gasho, and breathe. Letting go of the busyness of your day and of everything you have to think about later. Take this moment to be about you and for you. Give yourself this time to focus your attention on you. And as you activate your Reiki symbols, you bring them in, allowing them to flow through your hands, into your heart, through your body, your mind your soul, and your spirit. And today, as we discuss astrology, it makes me think of the ages and the way that we are entering into a new age right now. And I've been shown that this is the age of love. This is an age where we release duality, There are only two sources of all energy, love and fear. Everything positive comes from love and everything negative comes from fear. And so if there is any fear or any fear-based energy around your heart, in your mind, in your body or your soul, One of the best ways to know that is if there's anything that's not working beautifully in your life. Because our external reality will always reflect our internal reality. So I invite you to let that go. Let go of the layers. Let go of any energies that are holding you back so that you can listen to this podcast with a clarity of intention. And so that you can go forward into your life from the space of love. Thank you for joining us today. Ahomatok Riawasan. Namaste and Amen. Jerry, welcome. I'm so happy you could join us today. Thank you for being here. And before we even move into talking about astrology, something that I noticed when we were talking together earlier, you mentioned that you yourself are hearing impaired and that technology, such as the technology we're using right now to record our podcasts, technology that allow you to see your client, has really opened things up for you so that you can do distance Reiki sessions and teach classes I just wonder if you'd say a little bit about that to our listeners in case there is anyone that they know who are also hearing impaired and who may feel that might hold them back from doing Reiki. Yeah, um, that is correct. I'm hearing impaired. I have cochlear implants in both ears. I was born um, with a hearing impairment. I've been wearing hearing aids from the time that I was about 17 months, two years old, and I lost even more of my hearing when I was 27. And that can tie in with astrology because that's with Saturn returns. But we can circle back around that in a little bit later. But, but with 
technology and my hearing impairment is that I was always one of those people like in the yoga community that I was seeing like my friends saying I'm recording stuff so people can watch it later. I always thought that I would never do that. And with the pandemic, I think the pandemic made us all shift either in like little ways or major ways in how we relate to each other. And so many things were moved into the online world. And what I never thought, because it's really hard for me to talk on the phone because I I need that visual communication and I get tired after a little bit. It just sometimes some people can talk for an hour. Other people it's like five minutes and I'm like everything gets jumbled, like it's too much stimulation or my brain can't process it all. But what I have found with um, doing online video calling, doing my sessions, meditations, and classes is that I'm getting all that visual information that you can't when you talk to someone on the phone because there's so much of our communication is nonverbal. And so it's just so much that has opened up with being able to see the expression or understanding that someone isn't talking, it's just something happening in their background or they're clearing their throat and they're not using energy and trying to, like, oh, were they trying to say something or is that just a cop kind of thing? And I also think the way that I work with energy is innately hands-off. So I was, even when I did sessions in person, a lot of the way that I shared Reiki was very hands-off. I found out that in my own experience that the further away I got from the client, the more impactful that the energy was for the client. And this was before I went Holy Fire. And once I started learning about Holy Fire, a lot of how I understand how Holy Fire works because it's about getting the practitioner out of the way. So Force energy can work with the client and whatever it is they need that is not constrained by my physical energy, not constrained by my ego about thinking like, <laughs> oh, I'm doing this, but it's more of being a facilitator and then getting out of the way. I love that, Jerry. And I just I didn't realize that your hearing impairment was almost from birth or maybe it was completely from birth. But I love that technology has opened up so that you can share these meditations. And I've experienced your meditations and they're absolutely beautiful. So I'm grateful for the technology that allows you to do that and to share your wonderful gifts with the world. And also that allows us to do this and share our conversation with all of the incredible listeners out there who um, have an interest in Reiki and some of the other wonderful subjects that we get to talk about. I'm so grateful for the technology that allows that. So Jerry, what got you into astrology? What makes you, I know you said you're self-taught, which I think a lot of the great astrologers are. I'm a self-taught animal communicator, and um, I think that can be a wonderful way to learn something. What made you interested in it? I am very linear thinking and I'm also very skeptical I was very skeptical (laughs) coming into Reiki I'll admit it I think I have an open mind but I'm also very skeptical and I was born in mid-May which makes me a a Taurus and I think so much of what is in convention like pop culture astrology is it's like your negative qualities as well as you are fixed into this hole so if you know anything about astrology Tauruses are very stubborn they're bold they're very earth energy they, they don't move so it's like all these 
qualities that I'm like, I don't want, I don't know if it was that I don't want to be that or that doesn't fit me at all. And so I just never really liked it. I would just, it never resonated with me. And it was probably about 2007. I was in my yoga teacher training and someone in my training was really into astrology. And she was like, oh, this is why you're like this and why you're like that. But she wasn't just looking at the sun sign. She would like do people chart. And I went skeptical through this whole thing. I would see her doing it, and I'm just, like, rolling my eyes in a way that people couldn't see it. But I'm, like, rolling my eyes, and, and so no one could see it. But I just, I was just skeptical about it. Right. But she did my chart once. And because she said that, looking at me, she couldn't figure out. She said that she could look at people and just get a gift of what orientation they're working from within the astrological chart, like um, the tendencies that come through, like whether it's earth or fire or water. Water. And she said she could never figure out what I was just by look, being in my presence. And then when she did my chart, she was like, oh, you make so much more sense now because even though my son is very important in, my, in like the Taurus sun, but I have a lot of fire and I have a lot of water, like a lot of Piscean energy in my chart, but it's not very apparent when you look at my chart. But it was just that once she did my chart and she was explaining that, I was like, yes, that totally resonates with me. And like, not just where the planetary alignments are, like, because I am a moon and Leo, but my moon and Leo is also in the 12th house. So it was like another layer to that. And I started doing a lot of self-study because I still am today. But I think I, my orientation is very inward-driven in an external way kind of thing that I have to spend. And I think this is a Piscean energy, the 12th house Pisces energy. And the subconscious is the part of ourselves that we cannot touch. It's so deep, but it really impacts us. And I can say for myself that the 12th house moon is that other people see my emotions before I see them. Because the 12th house <laughs> is hidden in such a way but I have like my Neptune placement is really strong I have my Mars in Pisces and so it's just like I have a lot of 12th house Piscean Neptune influences on my chart but I'm a Taurus sun I've begun to embrace my Taurus qualities because I started learning about esoteric astrology and esoteric astrology looks at things from like the bigger picture so as i was saying earlier about Taurus sun they're stubborn and bullheaded and they love food and they're really all about the material world but what esoteric astrology says about the Taurus is that they see beauty in physical form like how none of the other signs can see it wow and when you think about Taurus, where it falls, like in the Northern Hemisphere at least, is spring. And you have all these amazing flowers that you do not see any other time of the year. Right. So when I look at Taurus from that lens, it's, oh, just a little bit more empowering <laughs> rather than being like, yeah, you're lazy. Jerry, I was born in July, so I am Cancer, and I'm also very skeptical. So I guess it's not just Taurus that has that. And tell us a little bit, though, because some of what you talked about, some people that are listening are going to get that right away. But some of the rest of us, my knowledge of astrology is pretty much limited to the astrological signs and and dates of Cancer and Aries and Leo and all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how astrology works, like the charts and when you're born? how that impacts who you are and your personality. Can you tell us a bit about that today? 
Yeah, so what I would tell you or anyone else to do if they're really interested, because you say you're a Cancer Sun, but the three most important things in your chart is your rising, your sun, and your moon. So your sun is only one third of what like, I think we give more power to the sun than than. Then we I mean, should. the sun has a lot of power, but there's two other aspects. So right. the rising is, the, because the rising is a sign that is at the horizon when you're born. So it changes mm-hmm. every two hours. Because I actually know three other people who have my birthday that they were born on May 17th, 1975. But we were all born at different times of the day. So we have a lot of similarities, but we have so many differences because our risings are all different. So I'm a Virgo rising. So the rising is the orientation that you express your yourself in the world so I'm a Virgo rising so I am all about perfection I like linear order I like structure I like telling people what to do I'm thinking in my head this person could do this better because I but it seems very controlling but it's coming from the orientation of I want to help other people isn't that interesting my husband's a Virgo and so I recognize some of the qualities that you've just described he's very <laughs> organized and linear and the rest of us drive him a little bit crazy so that's so interesting so your rising is different depending on the time of day and your sun sign is the sign that most of us know like from the newspaper and magazines are whether we're cancer or leo or aries or what have you. What is the moon? Where does the moon come in and what does that mean? Yeah, so the sun is your ego and your personality. The rising is a filter through that's expressed and the moon is your emotional world, like how you relate. As I said, with a 12th house, Leo moon, I have a lot of play with my emotions. I'm very playful in my emotional realm, but I also, I'm very easygoing. Taurus and Leo are fixed signs, so they're very easygoing. But once they're mad, like you don't want to mess with them. Like, and, but they but they express that in different ways. So my moon is so we have this playful, but like Leo is a little bit of the star of the show. But it doesn't have to be someone like an actor, but it's some sort of outward expression that other people get something from. So like Leos are associated with like actors. Acting is very tied in with Leo because Leo associated with the sun so it's the center of everything okay. but some people will see that oh the leo just wants to be the center of attention but the leo when you look at it from the spiritual orientation that you look at the sun it's the center of everything but it gives it light to everything so everybody wants to be looking at the sun or getting from the sun because a solar system would be dead earth would be dead right. without the sun <laughs> the sun is pretty important yeah agreed I love that. And so from the sounds of things, you're really talking about how each of these sun signs or moon signs or even rising, like basically each of the signs has their own characteristics associated with them. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I said it earlier, but you just need the time you were born. Not everybody has that information but like where you were born and and your birth date and you can go online i like astro.com i'm not related with them in any time i just like the way their charts look i know there is a app that i think is called time passages that a lot of people like Mm -hmm. and so if you don't know what time you were born you're just not going to know what your rising is but you will know all the other information but the rising but there's also something else within astrology in your chart if you want to make it more 
general complex in other houses. So the houses are areas of your chart where certain energies are centered. As right. I mentioned, I was a 12th house moon. The 12th house is always the last house before the rising. So talking about houses, like what does that mean? That does add an extra layer. So you say the rising is the time that you're born and that that is the filter through which you express yourself. The sun is where your ego and personality, your sun sign, but your moon sign is more where your emotions are. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yes, you okay. did. And then I also heard from one philosophy, because it's like when you look at astrology, there are like thousands and thousands of different interpretations. So if you talk to another astrologer, they're going to say something completely different than me, but it doesn't invalidate what I'm saying. It's just right. that orientation of how we look at the world. But I heard one other thing about the sun, moon, and rising that I thought was really interesting is that your moon is where you are coming from in a past life. Your sun is your present life and your rising is where you're headed. Really? Oh, that's neat. So there was one astrologer that I had met many years ago and he believed that your moon is who you were in your past life, your last past life. Your sun is who you are in this current life and your rising is where you're headed, what is going to be your sign in your next lifetime. I love that. I love it. And you talked about the houses what do they mean? So we have the 12 signs of the zodiac. Yes. So we start with Aries, the first day of spring, and then we with the last day of Pisces, which is the last day of winter, according to Western zodiac orientation in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere will be different i can't speak too much of that like for your southern hemisphere listeners but what is the first day of spring for northern hemisphere the first day of fall for people mm-hmm. in australia so exactly. i have some friends in australia so it's interesting to see when i'm in the middle of winter the hottest days of the year but the houses are they are aligned so like the first house is not the house of aries unless you are an aries rising but it has the qualities of the Aries. So Aries is a sign that's bursting out the doors, full of fires, all about motivation. It gets projects started. It won't maintain them and it won't finish them, but it'll get you started. <laughs> I must have Aries somewhere in my chart. <laughs> also be cardinal energy that's getting complicated but the the second house is associated with qualities of taurus which is the material world your possession where you are the third house is associated with gemini so when you look at that quadrant and this is also looking at the astrological so that entirety of spring so aries brings in spring there's a lot of change so aries is fire bursting in the door cardinal fire that is starting the astrological year starting the astrological season of spring taurus does everything in its power to maintain spring it's a fixed earth so it's all about what is the earth what is the grounding aspects of our reality and it does everything in its power to make sure that everything stays the same that spring is maintained and then we move into gemini which is the last sign of spring and it's mutable immutable signs are the transitional signs of mutable air so gemini is a spring is a summer is a spring is a summer like transitioning so when we move into to cancer cancer is cardinal water so cancer and aries relate to each other so cancer is okay i'm bursting in the door i'm bringing in the summer 
because right. the first day of cancer is the first day of summer. Summer, yes. And then we move into Leo, which is doing everything in its power to maintain summer, the energies of summer. So it's fixed sign and then moving into Virgo. So Virgo right. is mutable earth. So is it summer? Is it fall? Is it summer? Is it fall? So when you come into Libra is when fall begins. And so it's bursting in the door once more. So that was talking about the first quadrant being the spring. The second quadrant is summer. So that covers the first six houses okay. of the Zodiac. Okay. And it goes counterclockwise from the far left point of your chart, if you're looking at a circle, that is your rising, and then you go counterclockwise where the houses start. I don't know if I'm getting too complex <laughs> for without visuals. Right. But with things fall in your chart, housewise indicates certain qualities about yourself in addition to the planets that are there and what signs are there so i like to use examples so for example my 11th house so the 11th house is associated with aquarius so it is a house of friendships it's a house of universal love it's the house of like how you connect with others it's also the little oddball house because aquarius is a little oddball sign it's associated with uranus and uranus is the planet that sits on its side because of where the rings are orientated. So whatever Janus falls in your chart, that's where you're going to be a little weird. <laughs> but, um, and we're so, all a little weird. <laughs> so my 11th house, I have my Saturn and I have my Venus in my 11th house. Saturn is a planet of responsibility. Venus is the planet of love and connection with other people. So in all my relationships, I have a sense of um, seriousness because of Saturn influences the Venus, but my work is going to have a lot of love and a lot of softness that's it, because that Saturn is hard work and responsibility. But with the Venus influences, that's also in the 11th house. So in the 11th house is where things are just a little weird. Like it's, <laughs> like it's like the freedom loving. So how I orientate myself and my relationships is very friendship oriented. It's just like very unconventional relationship from the outer expression doesn't have to seem unconventional, but it it is unconventional because like when I look at my relationships and my friendships, I'm friends with a lot of people. And I have very deep connections with all of these people, but in very, very unique ways that isn't really replicated anywhere else. But I'm able to, like, detach from them, but I'm also very close. So that's an Aquarian 11th house quality. So it isn't like, it's, it's a loving detachment, but I'm able to shift gears within my friendships. As you describe it, it makes me think that you've probably got a lot of very different friends, like friends that wouldn't necessarily get along with each other, but all get along with you. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just that people would be like, why are you guys best? Because you don't seem like you have anything in common. <laughs> but that's when I look at a lot of my closest friends that on the exterior doesn't look like we have anything in common. But, but you do. So I love yeah. that. Well, Jerry, how do astrology and Reiki go to so many different ways, but one of the ways that I look at with astrology and Reiki, especially Holy Fire Reiki, like Holy Fire Reiki is a relatively new expression of the divine that is based on the Asui system. It is still the Asui system, but I see it as an evolution of the Asui system. Yes. And I also like looking at 
the long-range things like the ages. So when you look at the outer planets, so the outer planets are generational planets. So Saturn to the ancients was the last planet of the known universe because Saturn is the last planet you can see with the naked eye. So to the ancients, Saturn was the boundaries of the known universe. Anything beyond that, you don't want to deal with that because it's the unknown. You don't want to deal with it. But the first planet that was discovered by the telescope was Uranus. So that was like, oh, wait, there's a whole new world beyond this. So Uranus, (laughs) Neptune, and Pluto. Those planets are generational planets because they take so long to make its way around the sun. So everyone born under that sign, they all have that planet within so saturn takes about two and a half years so i'm very interested in the generational the longer range effects of astrology i mentioned pluto and i talk so pluto is, it has an elliptical orbit so it spends anywhere from 13 years to 23 years in a sign but pluto is like the the last known planet of our solar system talk to different people some people for a while we said pluto wasn't a planet and then now it's planet again so it's a very (laughs) misunderstood planet as you could say or a misunderstood celestial being that is going through an identity i think pluto knows who he is nobody else knows like it could be about who he really is but so pluto i'm really fascinated with pluto that whatever sign pluto is transiting really affects things from so pluto is a planet of death destruction and rebirth so it brings to light what is not working stirs it up and then once all that stirred up to be realigned but that's very interesting to me but when i think about reiki and astrology we are been hearing in pop culture for so long that we are moving into the age of aquarius we were saying that the 60s was the dawning of the age of aquarius so it's just so much pop culture in the age of aquarius and when i talk about the age of aquarius we are talking about the constellations that we are moving through so there are 12 zodiac constellations that we move through we are moving out of the age of pisces into the age of aquarius so each Age is not necessarily a bad age, but it serves its purpose, and it's just older. So mm-hmm. we, so Piscean energy is a very spiritual energy, but Piscean energy is all about having an intermediary between you and the higher source. That is like it needs some kind of structure, some sort of boundaries, some sort of purification. And Pisces is a water sign. It's associated with the two fish swimming in the opposite direction. So Pisces energy is very psychic energy, but at the lower expression and lower understanding of Pisces energies is that Pisces cannot make up their mind because it's two fish swimming in opposite directions. It's mutable water. And so Pisces energy kind of needs a little bit guidance and the ages aren't necessarily just completely Pisces or completely Aquarius so it's actually Pisces Virgo so it's Pisces, the age of Pisces, but the sign that's directly opposite is Virgo, which kind of directs the overarching energy of the age. So if you think about Jesus was considered the ushering end of the age of Pisces. So he's associated with fish, Fisher. Right. He was the intermediary between you and God, that he was like showing you the way that you could go to God. His mother was the Virgin Mary, which right. the Virgin is associated with Virgo. Mm-hmm. And then at the Last Supper, Jesus knew that he was going to, I don't know if he knew he was going to be crucified, but he knew that something traumatic was going to happen. And his disciples asked 
asked him, when are we going to meet again? And he goes, like, when the man with the pitcher of water shows up in the courtyard. So he was really saying that this is my age for the next 2,000 years. Aquarius is a water bear. So it's an air sign, but it's represented by a man holding a pitcher of water. And so with the age of Aquarius, I could spend an hour talking about the age of Aries, which is the age before um, Pisces. The age of Aries was associated with Judaism and the Roman Empire. And if you think about the Roman Empire, they invaded everyone. So yes. that is very Aries quality. They had their horns, they make a lot of noise at in battle, were ram's horns. So there's a lot of symbology within astrology. So I was talking about Jesus being the fisher of men. So now we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And the age of Aquarius is represented by the water bear, it's also the man. So we are moving into the age of man, that we are our own, Aquarius is all about, that we are our own highest spiritual authority. What does Holy Fire tell us? We are our authentic self. However we experience the outer world doesn't mean that, it, because Pisces with a lot of, if you don't do it my way, you're doing it wrong. But Aquarian energy is like, I'm doing it right, you're doing it right, we're doing it in our own little weird ways. I feel that relates very closely with the, the holy fire energy that we no longer need an intermediary. We don't need the teacher to do the attunements. We just need the teacher to bring forth the students into a receptive state. And then the holy fire energy comes in and just meets the student where they're at. So it feels very Aquarian. Like we have the holy fire experiences, placements, and ignition. Everybody goes on their own journey. Some people have similarities, but people have such when they share afterwards it's also different and it doesn't mean that a queer energy is all about like you do you don't worry about anybody else i love that and so what does that mean the age of aquarius because one of the things that i keep hearing is that the age of aquarius is ushering in an era of love that we are releasing the duality so we are releasing our attachment to fear and drama and negative emotions. And so that's what I get from that. But I do know astrology has been important throughout the ages. And I know a lot of people who are interested in Reiki also have an interest in astrology. And so you've explained how astrology helps us know ourselves better. But it also sounds like astrology can help us understand or interpret or have a framework for what is coming as well. Is that right? Yeah, the way that I see it, I don't see it as like fortune telling. No. But I see it as that certain energies are going to happen no matter what. But us as individuals, we have the choice in how we're going to express it. Yeah. So I kind of see it as these are the influences that are affecting us, but we're also affecting them. And like I mentioned earlier about the age of Aries with the Roman Empire, the age before that was the age of Taurus. So we're talking 6,000 years ago. The age of Taurus was the age of, I think that there's so much that has a lot of symbolism in the Bible. Right. So Moses was really associated with the age of Aries as a spiritual, biblical understanding. So he's the one that ushered in the age of Aries. What did God tell him to smash? The golden calf. Right. Which represents the age. So it's not that each age is bad. It serves a purpose at that point in time. And then we move so, on. 
Yeah, so right now, it's not that the age of Pisces was bad. It's just that the age of Pisces, it was the souls that were being born in the time, the structures of the government, the personalities that were coming through. So what we're seeing now is that we're right at that. So the age of Aquarius first started making its appearance during the Renaissance 400 years ago in the 1600s because it was a mass explosion of art, of new way of science, new ways of looking at the world. So it's not that one age ends and another begins. It's more of like an overlapping. So what I think what we're seeing right now at this point in time is that the age of Pisces is having its last stand. And then the age of Aquarius, I don't know exactly how the next 2,000 years are going to play out, but there's going to be a lot of figuring out, like, what is an Aquarian family structure? What is an Aquarian soul? What is an Aquarian government? And it's going to serve the purposes of that point in time, and then 2,000 years into the future, oh, it's going to be the age of Capricorn. And right now, I cannot tell you what the age of a Capricorn would even look like, it's like because we're probably more likely Aquarians born into a Piscean structure framework. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm answering your question but in a very long, roundabout way. No, that, I, I think um, it's great. Like our family structures are very Piscean. Governments are very Piscean. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot of upheaval in like how people relate to each other. So the Piscean energy was like the nuclear family. That was like the last rally. So now we're starting to see people expressing themselves as gender non-binary. Mm-hmm. So it's like a different expression. And so if you oriented in the Piscean structure, this is what you mean that you can have multiple partners and it's okay, or it can be that you can be with your partner but not get married, but it's still a committed relationship. So things are shifting in how that's being expressed and it can be very uncomfortable to the old way to see the new come in. It's true, so, but I, I know I did a podcast a few weeks back with some of our licensed teachers from the LGBTQ2 community. And I'm so grateful that people can be who they are now. And I love that we are in this age of an inner authority as opposed to an outer authority. I think that I always bristled at authority. And I think it's incredible to live in an age with the amount of freedom of expression that we have. We have freedom of expression for who we are. We have freedom of spiritual and religious expression. We can follow whatever we wish. And I I keep being reminded that it was not until the 1970s that our Native friends could follow their own spiritual practices. It was illegal for them to attend a sweat lodge prior to that. And so... I am grateful to be in this age of the inner authority and an age with some reconciliation for some of what has taken place in the past. Jerry, before we move into our meditation today, is there anything anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with? Any last information or advice? Be yourself, who you are. You can't change who you are. You, who you are. You shouldn't feel bad about it. And one of the things astrology has really taught me by looking at my chart, oh, this is why I act this way in relationship. It's not that I'm trying to change how I am in relationships or how I'm at my job or my orientation in the world. It gives me an understanding of who I really am. So if you decide to look into your chart and astrology, 
that can be very affirming to what you said, Pam, as your inner authority. That's very Aquarian energy. I probably am. I believe that I am. I've always liked that song, too. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And it sounds like anybody who wants to learn a bit more about astrology can go into something like astro.com with their birthday and the time of their birth and place of birth and print and, and get their, is that free and that they can get their own chart or? Yeah, it can be free. It will be very simplistic because mm -hmm. it will just say, this This is what this house does, this is what this planet does, and this is right. what this sign. So it takes a bit of thinking to integrate them. I do give sessions oh, to you people do. just from my own personal interpretation. Yeah. I don't necessarily, because I remember one time I gave a chart reading to someone that I didn't know anything about her and she was going through a career change and she wanted to do something that she was a little happier with, that she didn't like her job. And so I did this whole chart in her and I remember I remember she had a lot of communication aspects, like strong communication, convincing people. So I was like, I think he'd be Really good in marketing or advertising and she was like that's a job I'm trying to get out of <laughs> so I did not answer her question because I would look at that I was like maybe you're in the wrong position but you're doing the right thing because she was like in her 40s or 50s so she was like mid-career she obviously was doing something right if she was doing that for the 20 years of her working what sometimes happens is people just get burned out and yeah and I know that Sometimes I'll have that with Reiki. People will discover Reiki and, hey, I need to quit my job and do Reiki. And I say, hold on. There's probably a reason you get into that career in the first place. You probably had a passion for it. You're just tired. You're burned out. You're maybe ha have injuries or you've been hurt. But why don't we use Reiki to heal that and then see what you want to do? <laughs> because. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that session always stuck with me that I was like, I'm telling her the truth, but I'm not telling her what she wants to hear. <laughs> you know, that happens in my Reiki sessions, too, and my animal communication. It happens a fair bit that I have to tell people, this is what I'm telling you. I know it's not what you want to hear, but this is what's coming through. And we just have to have that integrity and follow the information and follow the energy and follow what you hear, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So being a truth bringer, being a light bringer. <laughs> yes. It's not always it's not always sunshine and butterflies, is it? <laughs> it is, but But sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it is sunshine and butterflies and and those days are fun. Jerry, you're gonna lead us on a meditation today and I'm gonna invite you to tell us a little bit about that. But first I'm just gonna ask any listeners who might be listening to this in an automobile to just pull over or hit pause until you are someplace where you can be safe to listen to the meditation. These meditations often go quite deep and we care about you. We don't want you to be injured. So I'm going to invite you to do that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the meditation today, what to expect, and then you can swing right into it. Yeah, the way that I like to do meditations will be very similar to what I do in my Reiki circles. I lead you through an invocation. First, I like to start off with body awareness, just being in your body, because it's like when we get into the spiritual paths, I think sometimes we want to ascend, but we really want to be in our body so we can bring these higher energies, higher frequencies, opening our awareness into 
the reality, that physical world that we move through. And then I like connecting with the earth. I like connecting with the heavens. And I'm beaming Vicky during these meditations that, that even if you don't hear a word I say or you go up into la la land, you're actually also receiving the invocation, like the energy of Reiki as well. Exactly. And we're both sending to everyone today. So just get yourself settled. You can be seated or lying down. And then before you close your eyes, just take a minute to look around your environment. So you're looking at the walls, the floor, air. We spend so much time these days on our computers, our digital devices. We get a little bit out of touch with the physical environment. So just inviting your gaze to be soft, wandering around the room, observing what is there with no judgment or sense of control. Relaxing your jaw, softening your eyes. And this is the environment that our bodies live in and move through. And then just go ahead and close your eyes. And settling into your body, inviting a sense of relaxation throughout your entire being. your feet, your torso, allowing your internal organs to soften, relaxing your jaw, your throat, all the muscles in your face, and then placing your hands comfortably on your body. divine assistance, 
guiding, healing, and empowering. Say the following words to yourself, the soul mantra, the recognition of your own unique expression of the divine. I am the soul. I am the light divine. I am love. I am fixed design. I am the soul. I am the light divine. I am fixed design. space surrounding you into your org field. This is your personal space that is slightly beyond your physical body, but it's part of who you are. I'm pulling in this energy, your personal energy, closer and closer to your physical body. This brings you into the here and the now moment. It's also concentrating your personal energy. They are allowing your light to become darker and brighter and more concentrated. That your energy is your energy. That it doesn't serve anyone but you. Bringing your awareness to the soles of your feet and allowing the chakras to open to expand ever so slightly. And then bringing your awareness into the earth deep below you. And noticing the qualities of the earth that is stability, grounding nourishment, everything in manifestation and physical form, and pulling in this nourishing energy of the earth into your body, up your legs, into your torso and residing into your heart, having the awareness that you are of the earth. Now, bringing your awareness to your crown, the top of your head, and allow your crown chakra to open to expand, to touch on all potentialities and possibilities. And then bringing your awareness into the heavens above you, into the stars, into the cosmos. The energy of the stars and the unlimited possibility, the potential of what is yet to come, the creative driving force behind creation, the awareness of not limiting ourselves to the unlimited possibilities of the universe, 
the sense of wonder as we're sitting in the energy of the stars into the cosmos. We're stepping into the constellation of Aquarius. Stepping into the constellation of Aquarius. Into the fixed air sign of intelligence, the mind, communication, determined and persistent. Aquarius is represented as a man pouring water from a pitcher, representing the knowledge gained from the rivers of life, poured out into the collective mind of humanity. Aquarius is group awareness, where the individual becomes universal, the unique and individual souls composed of all of humanity. Where we are own unique individual, expressing in our own unique way, but also tapping into all is one. Aquarius is the awareness that you have a unique purpose in this body, in this lifetime, to enhance the collective. All is one. We are all part of something larger than ourselves. And acting on our ideas and ideals will benefit everyone. Sitting in the all is one, the water beer, the individuality of Aquarius within the collective. And pulling in this Aquarian energy into the crown, into your physical body. That you are embodying, realizing your role in the age yet to come. Pulling in the age of Aquarius, the energy of the stars into your crown, coming into your heart. Mixing with the energy of the earth and the energy of the stars in your own personal energy. Having the awareness that you are the light of the earth and the light of the heaven manifested in your physical body in this moment in time. send Reiki and unconditional love to the earth, bringing a hand into Gasho, and once more connecting with the divine love of Reiki, breathing in the light of Reiki and allowing it to reveal, to empower the light within you. And facing your hand forward, Visualize the small earth in front of you, a small blue-green ball floating in space. This is our home, Gaia, Mother Earth. Allow Reiki and unconditional love to go wherever it is wanted, 
whatever it is needed. Allowing the world at home to be infused with love and light. Now placing your hands on your heart and allow yourself to receive the light of reiki. The power of divine love fills your breath and is revealed at the core of your being. The power of the divine mind fills your breath and is revealed at the core of your consciousness. The power of the divine heart fills your body and is revealed in the light of your own heart. The power of the divine earth fills your breath and is revealed in your body. The power of God fills your breath and the power of God is revealed in you. The power of the universe fills your breath, and the power of the universe is revealed in you. The power of your Holy Spirit is revealed in you. Look inside and say thank you to you. Appreciate you for who you are how deeply you care. We say thank you to each other. We are meant to be here together today. And together we say thank you to the divine being, the illuminated one, the enlightened ones who joined us. We thank you for your divine guidance, healing, and empowerment. So be it. Jerry, I want to thank you for leading us on that today and for being here to talk with us about astrology. And I want to thank all of the listeners as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm so glad. Namaste. Thank you.